Stones show where we talk about things no one wants to talk about. A few things off the top. We are not medical experts. We are here to offer our knowledge and experience to start conversations about all sorts of things that are normally kept in the dark. I give a warning to everybody that difficult material may be discussed and swearing will happen. We acknowledge that we are only receiving one side of a story and we aren't here to judge any of the parties. We approach the story believing the experience is real to the writer and use that as a reference to a tough topic and to humanize these topics. I am your co-host, Jamie, and I am here with Michelle. Hi. Hey. You can't see me waving at you. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie and I have been talking about uh, discussing taboo topics for a very long time on Twitter because we both have had experiences that are considered taboo in agricultural circles and even outside circles, but we really wanted to start um, giving a platform for people to share their stories to realize we're not alone And to talk about these things that it's the year 2020, we need to adjust our attitudes and change the way we think and become accepting of every single person and not just in agriculture, beyond agriculture also. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to put together a show where we could talk about the different stones or taboo topics people have. And um, after seeing Jess on Instagram, uh, see Jess Farm, she's actually gonna be on our next episode. Um, she did secret submissions, and I was really inspired by the topics that were brought up, and I definitely thought it was something that we could approach here on a, to- a podcast that people might be interested in. So when we're talking about stones. I honestly have quite a few, and um, as we go on this this podcast, I'll, I'll share more of them, but I'm going to share my most obvious one that people know about is that I am divorced, and when I was first getting a divorced in agriculture it was seen as something you do not do that farm families always stick together and um you know it was really hard but it became what was better for the family for the parents to be uh separated and happy rather than miserable together and so jamie what's your stone oh mine's obvious too (laughs) let's just start with a big old elephant in the room room uh i've been diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses I have uh, social anxiety, generalized anxiety, PTSD, and depression. Um, These are not things that happened to me because I was a weak character. These are things I can trace back to my earliest memories in childhood. And I have had to work through stuff, and I've seen a lot of other people struggle, and I know exactly what stigma can do to you and how it just erodes you. And so I'm just going to be upfront. I have multiple mental illnesses that does not negate my education or my intelligence and it doesn't mean I'm weak and I take medication and if you want to come for that, we'll have words. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to be doing this with you because I know there was a period of time we never knew if you were going to be able to 
do social media again because there was a lot of negative (laughs) yeah on that thing but like yeah we can at least do this and you know there was a long time i didn't know if uh you know how you'd be able to come out and be part with that you know part of my life again uh with all the negativity that was happening to you so i'm so excited about doing this podcast with you it was i will not recommend it to anybody but no, it has been no an experience and i have an interesting point of view now <laughs> you know it's it makes it definitely changes how you are and makes you a more compassionate person not that you weren't compassionate to begin with but yeah yeah and, and you learn that you know shouldn't throw stones that's the name of our podcast <laughs> yes stones be thrown by people who should not be throwing stones <laughs> exactly so should we Yes, let's go ahead and you and we have you reading it. Yes. So this is about health and fitness, multi multi-level marketing. Marketing. Yes. And who oh boy, it's a juicy one. So <laughs> my main experience has been with Beach Body. I actually think the program itself is really great. I love that there are a multitude of workouts for a variety of ex- for a variety of experiences, I also really like the nutritional supplements, but it's the coaches, in quotation marks, and how Beachbody advertise themselves. I have a very big problem with the fact that essentially anyone can become a health coach, in quotes, without any actual formal training or education. They can literally give you nutritional suggestions without having even the slightest idea how certain nutrients affect the body. They can give you workout suggestions without having any knowledge of body mechanics and how different muscles work. Many of them have absolutely no knowledge of the fact that genetics do play a huge role in how easily a person loses, gains, and maintains body weight. I'm so tired, all caps, of seeing the same message from 10 to 15 different women asking me to help support their business. They literally prey on the self-conscious women, and it needs to stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so happy someone finally put that in the words. And it's something I've, I've kind of, like, complained about here and there on social media, but I am really surprised that uh, Beachbody has never been sued um, Mm -hmm. because of an injury occurring because they are branding these people as uh, health experts and they are not. I mean, all they have to do is pay their $100 entry fee and they're not. And I know that for, you know, why this is such a taboo topic. I know a lot of um, farm wives, especially they, they look to make extra money and they become part of a multi-level marketing like Lou LaRoe or, you know, those nail things or beach body because it's flexible and it does provide you good income. But, and people don't want to speak out loud and say, Hey, I don't know if this is a good idea because you're going to hurt someone's feelings. But yeah, I, I am waiting for the day where beach body gets a class action lawsuit because they are, it's predatory against, and someone's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, do I have thoughts? My first thought was, <laughs> did I write this? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it. I'm like, did I submit this? I don't want to talk about, I don't even want to touch the multi-level marketing part of it. I don't even want yeah. to go there. So I'm just, I just want to touch on um, the idea of experts and expertise. And first I want to talk about like this ridiculous idea that we need to be experts at everything. We aren't built for that. And that's why we have experts. So the best coach in any of these schemes, or I don't want to say schemes, sorry, marketing businesses, um, the best coach is going to be the one that can say, I don't know, but I will help you find out. 
I know a lot about mood disorders. I know a teeny tiny drop about schizophrenia. If someone asks me about schizophrenia, I will find them resources. I will find them somebody who can talk to it. I don't lose anything by saying, I don't know. So if you get, so go on, be the best motivational coach you can be, like strive to be the best. If you want to give nutritional advice and be a nutritionist, become a nutritionist. Not being a nutritionist and not being able to give nutrition advice does not take away from the fact that you're a very good coach. Like you're there to motivate, you're there to do all these other things. You don't, it doesn't lessen your value as a coach if you don't actually mm-hmm. have the expertise in that area. So I mean, I wrote, I wrote a note to myself because apparently it's 1990s. I said, if you're going to step out of your, la- of your lane, you better step correct. <laughs> it's true if you're gonna and step I, out make sure you're doing it properly make sure it's safe make sure it's researched and not a freaking blog make sure okay. it's on you to make sure your information is accurate so sorry but i'm gonna interject there for a second and that's what's so scary about mlm like beach body it's they're not encouraged to actually provide the actual experts from dietitians or um like exercise physiologists they're encouraged to pass on the blurb that's already written by the company. Yeah. So it's another blog post. I'm going to let you go. Now, my other flip side of this is don't believe everything somebody says to you because they have a title. (laughs) You need to verify your experts that you're listening to. It's on you to verify the information you're getting. You have to know what's their education and what's their experience. And Dr. Oz could be the greatest heart surgeon alive that wouldn't qualify him to give you specific diet advice. He's not a nutritionist. A nutritionist is more qualified than Dr. Oz in nutrition. And like, don't just look at one person. You're going to have to go and dig and look at the consensus of all the data. Person is an outlier. Like you really need to pay attention to that and keep that in mind that they aren't with the current knowledge. And there's no difference between a maverick and a moron. They all look the same to us. Rant over. I really... I love that quote, that no difference between a maverick and a moron. I've never heard that before, and I think that's so great. It just kind of came to me. I'm like, they don't <laughs> look any different. They don't. They don't. And, you know, with these things, that they're, they're telling people really what they want to hear and then giving them advice that has a price tag, so it's going to line their pockets. And yes. so you have to, to vet those. You know, don't get me wrong. I love beach body workouts. I mean, T25 got me through when my kids were little. But I never looked at Sean, you know, given he's hot and everything. I never looked at him as a nutrition expert. When so when he tried selling me a shakes at the beginning of the video, I fast forwarded through that. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we're ready to go on to the next one. Bring on the doozy. All right. So um, I, when we decided to put the show together, we put out um, a Google form, which we'll address later for people just to get some submissions out there. And we got a few and we really thank everybody who did. And um, I'm sorry, I haven't uh, physically contacted everyone. We ended up just deciding that we were going to go through these first few submissions ourselves. So we chose a few of them to discuss today. And so this one is really heavy. And so it says, in the last days of my marriage, things were bad. I was coming undone mentally and not dealing at all. The wife wasn't much better and we had small children. She could pick me apart and manipulate my emotions like nothing I'd ever dealt with in my life. I would get so mad with this woman. And in the darkest, weakest moment of my life, I lost it. She said something, and I don't remember. And 
I don't even remember and punched me. I was raised right and firmly believe you never hit a woman or act rough. We all know better and there is no excuse. There is and was no excuse for what happened next. I tasted blood from my bloody nose I had just received and I reached for her throat and I choked her and was well on my way to killing her and I'm serious. When she turned blue, I snapped out of it. I knew that I had to leave at that point or there would be a next time. I ended up spending 10 days in a mental health wing of the local hospital and I needed to be there. She didn't press charges even though I wish she would have. And I slept in the sleeper of our semi for a week until I could find a place to go in the middle of harvest. This was the lowest point of my life and I wanted it to end and I wanted to end it and I nearly did. I've never really gotten over the fact that I let her break me to the point I was violent towards a woman. I'm in a better place, but I'll tell you what the whole episode did. It took a fight out of me seeing what I was fully capable of and I'm sorry. Oh, this one hurt. <laughs> yes. It's this like I, I feel everything here and it hits a little close to home so <sighs> deep breaths everybody yes relax and center we're all safe right now we're just going to talk about this gently <laughs> <laughs> so i'm about to make a lot of people really angry i'm sure but i hope people <laughs> Please well our whole point like... is not to throw stones but we're just talking exactly but it's going to sound rough at the beginning. <laughs> yes. We need to erase gender expectations from this story right now. Um, anyone can be abusive. And anyone can be abused. Uh -huh. So we just need to erase our preconceived notions of gender roles right now. It's just, this is a person versus or one person and another person. Just And the second part, observe, uh, observers. <laughs> Abusers are not obvious. They need to be seen as, a, as good people to get away with what they do. And they need to do that to attract victims. And so they put a lot of time and energy into being someone that everyone would say they couldn't have done that if it ever comes up. So we first need to establish an abuser does not wear a sign. An abuser does not have pink hair. An abuser looks like anyone. So that's a hard one for people to understand. Mm -hmm. Men, women, what, whatever your uh, sexual preference, it doesn't matter. Uh, next, I want to address the teaching that you're not a man because he hurt her. Now, I don't believe in violence. I don't believe anybody should be hit. But I also think this idea is toxic to this person that wrote this. Because we have to realize there comes a point when a cornered animal will do anything to defend itself. And in this situation, it seems like both people were there. Like both people were at the end of, I need to do something now or this is gonna end badly. And we have to remember that our humanity and our soul and all the things we think of as good people are all in like our prefrontal cortex of our brain. The rest of our brain is animal brain. And that animal brain has, been, has had a lot more experience in this world than our human brain. And so when you, get to a point of this level of anger, hurt, whatever you want to call it, your animal brain is going to take over and stuff is going to go south. And like once our animal brain kicks in and takes over and like overrides our prefrontal cortex, you're down to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. In this situation, it seems 
both of these brains went fight. She punched him. He responded with the violence. Now, this is not an excuse for the violence. Like, this, the fact that they were in animal brain mode does not excuse the violence they each did. But it tells us how they got there. So if you understand how you get there, you can kind of look at it more objectively. And I want it last, um, no woman should be hit. 100% agree. But I would go further and say no one should be hit. I agree. I don't think men, I don't think men deserve to live a life that has violence and abuse in it. They have every right to a life of freedom and safety and joy as women. So men should not be expected to put up with abuse because they're manly men. Women can be brutal abusers. Uh, women can be emotionally abusive, and they can also be physical and sexually uh, sexually abusive. Mm-hmm. We never think of that. We always think it's men. But abuse is abuse. Uh, one isn't better to experience than another. You're not better off experiencing physical violence versus emotional violence. You're not better off being raped instead of beat. I don't They're all horrible. They all cause trauma. They're all like horrible things that we need to try to get around and learn to communicate better, learn to express our emotions better, to get around these explosive events. And I just, I saw a quote today this morning on uh, Twitter and I didn't know we were getting this story when I saw it. So this is really weird. But I saw this quote that said, um, I don't remember the exact words, but it was, whatever your reaction to trauma is, it's valid. It might cause you to hurt yourself and it might cause you to hurt others or do something criminal, wrong, whatever. While the result might be bad, you hurting yourself or hurting others is bad. That's the result. But your feelings and your reaction in that moment were valid. They were true to you. So even if no one in the world has reacted like that to the situation before, it's still a valid reaction. The result may not be right, but the what everything that happened is valid. It's not so it was just it was like a I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, you summarized it everything so great. And I really don't you hit every single point and I don't have too much to add, but I do want to say like towards the end of a marriage it can be explosive and you can actually be both of you the greatest people on earth but you're just bad for each other and you can drive each other that mad to where you just bring out the worst in each other and so i can completely see where this the situation came you're both just at in at ends just don't miserable together and things are no longer working out and, you know, I don't know the whole story. Again, we mentioned this is one side of it. Um, what her attitudes going into it were and what her thinking was. But I think there's a lot of power in being able to share the story and letting us talk about it and also to be sorry. Because I think sometimes the hardest things we do is to ask for forgiveness. And I think the biggest thing here for whoever submitted this is learning to forgive yourself. That is the hardest thing to do. I still have things that I'm holding on to that I can't forgive myself for. And I bring them up. My mind thinks of them at 2 a.m. when I can't sleep and I still can't forgive myself. Oh, always. But 
you know, I want to say to this person, I wasn't there, but I forgive you. And I hope that you find the comfort that you need one day to forgive yourself so you can be at peace because you're not the only person in the world who's, who's felt this way and been driven to that. And as long as we can learn from it and grow, that's the biggest thing. Exactly. My dad always said, you aren't your worst mistake. You're what you did after that. Exactly. We all make mistakes. We all do messed up things. It's what you do after that. It's how you learn from that. It's how you adjust your behavior from that horrible thing. That's what matters. You're not only your worst moment. A wise man. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna, you know, my father's 83, and I look and I, I appreciate his logic now. When I was younger, not so much, but and yeah. they just always have great things to say, and uh, you know, thank thankful for them. All yeah. right. Um, how about that TikTok video? So I was scrolling through TikTok, and I just came across this video, and I I just had this click that you know we we can talk about stories that we're seeing on TikTok that are like their personal experiences. We can share them on the show and then use those as talking points. So this is a transcript essentially of this TikTok and it's from uh, Tatted Red One and she describes herself as a mixed chick that loves every part of her, which is, and this woman is by far better and stronger than I will ever be. And you go, oh, why? <laughs> so she's, she starts her video saying, a Caucasian woman walks up in the line. She's working as cashier. She comes to the counter, but doesn't come too close to the counter and throws her stuff on the counter. And I think nothing of it. And she says, are you ready? And I say, ma'am, am I ready for what? And she said, for the revolution. I said, I'm not really thinking about it and just stay safe. The woman said, don't worry. When all of you become slaves again, I'll take you in. And I said, that's okay, I've got my own house. So she goes on to say some more racist things under her breath, and as she walks away, she falls and busts her fucking knee on the floor. Now I'm still a good person, so I run over to help her, and I ask, ma'am, do you need help up? She turns her head to me and snaps, do not touch me. And I say, well, okay, I hope you're not hurt that bad, and have a blessed day, and walked away. The moral of the story is, be bigger than them. Be better than them. Oh, that, that one's better than hey, me. When you sent that to me, I just, I, I, I had to share that in a few a few places because, oh boy, I've never seen the greatest karma turnaround, like instant karma. And I know I'm not supposed to be throwing, throwing, throwing stones and I'm doing it in the first podcast. <laughs> but, you know, because... Obviously, this woman but. was raised in an environment where she was taught hate and racism is acceptable. And uh, since this is from Sacramento, California, not far from where I lived for a good portion of my life. And this is a Sacramento is a fairly diverse city and it's a cute little city and it's fun. Some of my mess, best memories are there and the people of Sacramento. But I can't help but think what would ever make someone think it was okay to tell an african-american woman it's okay when slavery returns i'll take care of you because obviously if she wouldn't let the woman help her she's not going to be the greatest person at taking care of said african-american yeah. one day again uh, not being able to touch her is a big <laughs> red flag that she may have problems your being a good master 
I don't want your help, lady. Oh boy, it and it scares me that 2020 we still still have these attitudes prevalent. And I go back and forth in my mind as we're we're sitting here and we're talking about social change right now. And uh, part of me thinks I'm glad people like this are opening their mouth because at least we know who the racists are and we can just take care of them, ignore them, or or just you know just. <laughs> for lack of a better word, cancel them. I, I hate that word, but I'm using it. And cancel them. <laughs> uh, but, and on the other hand, make it embarrassing yeah, to do that. It's like we're just encouraging the silence, though, of them. And I wish they would be silent. And so it's it's kind of interesting. I, I think I'm more happy that they're like fully explo- exposing themselves so we can use this as an example of how not to be. Because I think I would definitely show that to my child or children and be like, that is not how a good human being treats another human being, especially the person who's checking out your food at the grocer, because you don't want to mess with the person who touches your food at all. (laughs) Never. I worked at a pizza place. I knew what happened to the customers that were rude. (laughs) My, one of my biggest indicators of, is this person a good person is how they treat service people. Anybody who walks up and I, I mean, I worked service for, way too many years like decades so i i can spot customers now and anyone who throws their stuff on your counter like just tosses it at you nope you're not gonna have a good experience they don't respect you at all and that always amazes me people just put their babies on the counter it's like why would you do that that's where your food's gonna go but that's another side story <laughs> my baby's clean. those baby butts i'm a fantastic parent Davis, 15 minutes from sacramento california and it'd be hot, 110 degrees, and their baby would just be wearing a diaper, and they'd plop that dirty butt diaper right where I serve pizza. Ugh. <laughs> no. hey. I have two things that I want to talk about with this. I know I always have these multiple. No, that's I'm okay. So sorry, what you do? I'm a nerd, man. Okay. So first, I want to say this woman is far stronger than me and a way better person than me. Because if that happened to me, when that woman went down, I would not have been able to help her because I would have been laughing too hard. Like I just, I know. I would have the camera out. <laughs> that, yeah, I would. That woman went over there immediately and went to help her and told her to have a blessed day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean that woman is far stronger than I am. And the uh, second thing I want to talk about is when she says at the end, the moral of the story is to be bigger than them and to be better than them. I just want to talk about like my interpretation of that i believe that the moral of that story applies to her as a minority where she's coming from she has to be bigger and better than or the majority because if she gets angry if she bursts out laughing she does anything that this woman perceives negative that woman's going to take that as evidence that all people are like that like that all black people are angry and they're going to back the racist views and they're going to like ingrain them uh-huh. deeper the white woman, the Caucasian woman, is a victim of confirmation bias because she goes up and she believe, has a thought in her head, I believe black women are angry. And then she says something overtly racist to get a reaction because she knows that's racist. She, she knows you don't say mm-hmm. that to people. And then if the, if the lady reacts negatively or with anger, she can go, ha, see, black women are, black women are angry. I she just attacked me completely unprovoked and that's going to be her mindset and that's going to be her memory of this event 
So yes, black lady at the cash register, you, I mean, good on you for being bigger and better because you're not giving them ammunition and proof that confirms their horrible opinions. And secondly, secondly, to me as a white woman, as a majority, that doesn't apply to me. Be, be bigger and better than that Caucasian racist? That doesn't apply to me. She's a white woman. I am a white woman. We are in a level playing field. There is no power differential here. It's my social responsibility to show that I do not approve of that behavior and that I will make you uncomfortable so that it leaves an impression and you remember it. And sometimes people think all of one group are the same because we're only exposed to the bad. If 10% of white men whacked me in the shin with a pipe when they walked by me, I would very quickly learn to be wary of mm. white men. And then the other part is if I'm walking down the street and I get hit in the shin with a pipe by a man and everybody else tolerates it and nobody says, wait a minute, that tells me that behavior is acceptable among that group of people because nobody said anything. So when we stay silent, when there's events like this, like when we stay silent and go, oh, that, that black woman is handling this very well, I'll let her handle it because this is a racist thing and I'm not a racist. But what I'm doing is by standing there silently, she's looking at the racist, she's looking at me, we look the same, I'm not saying anything. So obviously, it's fair to assume that I might agree with that woman. She has no proof otherwise. So it's up to me to show her that, hey, <laughs> we don't tolerate this. This is not my people. Like, that woman, we don't like her. We want her out too. So that eventually, they eventually people learn that the majority of people don't accept behavior like this. And we do think it's wrong, but they just have never been shown that side. That is an excellent point that I would hope, and I'm trying to think of in my mind if I've ever been put in that situation, and I, I hope I've done the right thing, but I wonder if I have just stood there and maybe like made apologies later to the person, and I think I definitely need to, I see it sometimes, you know, we have um, some, lack of better words, quickie marts around here, and they're owned by some wonderful Indian families, and they do get people to come in and treat them horribly, and just I need to bring up the confidence of myself to help support these people when they're getting negative attitudes um, from some of the people who come in. And it, I, I need to be better, I think, too. I hate confrontation. Mm -hmm. I mean, this woman, this woman would have got my hackles yeah. up. I would have been up in her face. I would have been talking about human rights. And I mean, I would have debated this woman into the ground. And so she remembered the lesson she was taught but that's her <laughs> not everybody brings me to that well level. obviously somebody Again, did body check her social <laughs> there was some hidden force <laughs> that body checked her <laughs> yeah oh there was some work there yes but you can you can diffuse situations like that from a positive side if you see somebody being abused verbally whatever and you don't want to um uh, connect with the abuser, which is 100% okay, and is probably for your safety in a lot of cases, interact with the person being abused. 
So you start talking to the cashier about her family. You start talking to her about positive things that everybody can relate to. Then she sees you're an ally. And that's a way of showing you being an ally. And you're not approving of that woman's behavior without being confrontational. So there are multiple ways. There's no mm-hmm. one right way. But staying silent when things like that happen, it makes you complicit. I'm sorry. I know people don't like that. But if I show you I'm, I not, don't care about this, that's telling you I tolerate it. Yeah. And I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> I've said that quite a few times, especially on Twitter, what you permit, you promote. And as a teacher, I, I can't let those kind of things go. I have to make it a teachable moment. So <sighs> I just hope we get to a point where all of us are more comfortable speaking up. Yes. And I always hear, well, I'm not a racist and you should know that. I I don't yeah. know. You can't say it. You have you to show the it. Way, the, the same way I don't know if you're an abuser. We like there's no physical appearance for a racist. Racists look just like me. And yes, I know I'm not a racist, but a per a minority does not know that when I'm walking towards them. Exactly. On that uplifting happy note, but yes, I am really glad that woman busted her fucking knee on the that floor. just was just the best karma instant karma it should be like a, that should be a and then instant karma. help <laughs> oh well i had so much just fun talking well if i don't know fun's the correct word but i really enjoyed <laughs> talking about these topics with you and this was great uh, this, i just hope we can break down a lot of different barriers and even if we just have a few listeners it'll be awesome um, I will be releasing um, the Google form um, submission again for people who are interested in sharing their stories. Yeah, if you are interested in being on the podcast and sharing your story in person, that's great. We can come up with a pseudonym. You can use your real name if you just want us to read it, whichever you'd like. And the stories can be something new that we haven't discussed yet. Um, stories that and we've already talked about, but you have a different angle. And now we're really excited to do the next few episodes. We have Sea uh, Jess Farm coming on for episode two, and she's going to talk about her project and, called Secrets. And if we can figure that, out. we can figure that out. If it took us an hour to get figured out tonight, and then the third episode <gasps> oh. we have is a submission that just breaks my heart, and I think it's going to be a great podcast. But I want to make sure. I do that one right. So that will be our third episode. So I'm just really curious to hear from everybody. And it was so much fun talking to you, Janie. This is awesome. Yes. It was. And we're nice people. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we are preachy, horrible people. We laugh at stuff. Oh. oh, we've had quite a few things said about us on Twitter that really aren't accurate. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, that's, that person doesn't even exist. Like, I don't even know where this story came from. Oh, stories are great. Till they're about you. Time to break them down. <laughs>